0: Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Dean's List, which I formerly called ADHD in Academia. I'm restarting this podcast after a couple of failed attempts, and am renaming it because I thought the other name was kind of boring all this time, but I couldn't come up with a better one. But now I have, so going forward, I'm changing everything to the new name. I'm MJ, I'm a STEM graduate student and ADHDer with a lot of energy, and I love to get distracted by looking up all the things on the internet and playing out planning out many projects that I never finish. I'm making this podcast since I've been in school for forever pretty much and have changed my major a thousand times, but I've made it through to graduate school twice now. I finished a master's program and I'm now working on getting a PhD. And I'm making this podcast to help other ADHDers in higher education learn to work in the system which is not made for neurodivergent brains. My journey through this system has been difficult to say the least, so I hope to make it easier for others by sharing some of the things that have worked for me. And you can go back and listen to the first episode for a full introduction, but I'm bringing up that information because it's related to what I want to focus on today. The system of higher education is just one of the many systems in our lives that is not ADHD friendly. There are accommodations that can help but there are a lot of things out of the control of like the disability services that ADHDers can access and these things that are out of their control we need to plan around. So if you want more information about how to use the disability center at your school, you can go back and listen to the third episode called University Resources for Students with ADHD. But I'm going to focus on the things they cannot help with in this episode. For example, the entire lecture structure that nearly all courses are done in is not ADHD friendly. And it took a lot of training for me to make sure that I didn't start thinking about other things during lecture and get distracted. So of course I have been working on that, but I'm not perfect by any means, Um, but I've come a really long way. And one of the biggest things you can do in lectures is to take notes, which seems like a no-brainer. But a lot of students struggle with taking notes, and I think especially neurodivergent students do, um, because it's really difficult to understand exactly what you need to focus on and what is just complementary material in the lectures versus like what you need for the test. But research shows that just the act of taking notes, especially when handwriting notes, is really important in a student's learning process so if you don't take notes in your lectures you can start now because that's just one simple thing you can start to do even if they're not complete notes so i would say just if you're not taking notes um, don't stress about it because that can be a barrier to you starting to take notes and don't worry about writing down exactly what you hear or anything like that just start by taking notes just knowing that the act of just handwriting notes will help you learn the material no matter how well you're taking those notes, or how perfect they are, or if you can even read them later, uh, which would be nice. But if you're not taking notes, just start out at like a really low place so that you don't get too overwhelmed and discouraged. Because I think a lot of students do that. Um, and another thing, if you are worried about taking down exactly what you need to know, and that is a barrier for you, then you should look into getting accommodations to the disability services if you haven't already, because then you'll be allowed to record lectures. And you can probably record lectures anyway, even if you don't have accommodations. But if you aren't getting accommodations at this time, you can also very likely record the lecture anyway, just by asking the professor, or if that is a barrier for you as well, which I know it used to be for me, Um, You could probably just record the lecture on your phone, sit in the front, and put your phone face down on the desk. And I know that some professors may not necessarily like that, but I feel like as a student with a neurodivergent brain even if your access to getting accommodations has been limited for several reasons this is one way that we can even the playing field so I would say that this is something that you can do to advocate for yourself if you're still waiting for an ADHD diagnosis and just to kind of do it under the radar because it's honestly something that helps a lot. And I know that uh, that may not be necessarily like the most um, correct thing to say, but it's the truth It helps. And this is a diagnosis that is not easy for several people to get, even if they suffer from ADHD and other, and other diagnoses, uh, mental health diagnoses that are not easily diagnosable, especially in certain populations like women uh, for ADHD, for example and so if you're still waiting on diagnosis or if you just can't like afford go get diagnosed too like there are many barriers to that so i would say like don't feel bad if this is something you need to do kind of in secret if you don't want to um, talk to the professor or if you're nervous to that i think this is perfectly reasonable thing to do i would just say if you do record the lecture without your professor's permission not to share it with anyone and while i'm still on the topic of note-taking Uh, Another thing to keep in mind is that you can always ask the professor afterward if you had anything that was unclear regarding the content in the class. If you go back through your notes afterward and look at what you have written down and highlight the things that you thought the professor was really focusing on, oftentimes they will say things like, you need to know this or you need to memorize this for the exam. Don't think that they're joking about that. I've had super smart uh, individuals in my class not memorize certain things that the professor said to memorize. Just um, silly kind of things that you need to know just to answer questions, kind of like a language, like learning words or whatever. So definitely listen to that feedback from the professor. Make stars and notes in your notebook when they say those things. and. don't get all the information that you need during the class section you can go back and ask the professor they should have office hours and if they don't you can always if you can't make it to their office hours you should be able to schedule an appointment with them as well Um, and if you have any trouble with your professor this has happened um, to me in the past i've taken so many classes so it's of course it has but where professors kind of will say something like i already i already explained that or i mentioned that already Um, I would say to kindly ask them to explain it again because that's their job, right? So I, I do unfortunately think there are professors out there. I don't think there are a ton, but I do think there are professors out there that may not really like teaching or know how to teach. Um, And that's an issue because you actually don't need a teaching certificate to teach in college, which is kind of ridiculous because you do to teach in every other um, grade level, right? So it's interesting, but there are professors out there that genuinely don't know how to teach. And so giving them that feedback is also important for them to learn how to teach better and for their future classes as well, because they will hopefully take that into consideration. And if they don't, just keep in mind that they're evaluations are looked at by the department that does happen so you can put that in the department i mean, sorry in the evaluation for feedback if there were consistent problems with the professor refusing to explain things or yeah i honestly wish that i had been able to do things like this in the past for professors that i had issues with Um, i actually did leave some very Good feedback on one professor's evaluation i'm not saying it was like super mean or anything but it was just very truthful and i think that that was good that i did that um and i know other students in the class did as well and if you do feel like your feedback isn't going to be listened to you can always talk to somebody else in the department that is higher up Um, as well. So you do have options and I know that all those things seem scary except for the evaluations because you can choose to submit those anonymously and so they have no bearing whatsoever on your grade. You can also speak to someone in the department after your course is done um, or before but you should know that you are paying to get an education. The professors are there to teach you. That is their job and if they aren't doing that effectively then they need the feedback to let them know that they aren't doing their job. think as anyone who's had any kind of job, when you are not doing the job completely correct, you usually get feedback. Um, Just think of it as feedback for the professor that they are not teaching in a way that you understand. Um, They need to know that and they should be thankful for that feedback because teaching is important and it needs to be done better in the higher education system. And that is one reason I'm interested in going into the higher education system and why I am making this podcast. So I will get off my soapbox and um, continue on with the podcast, but that's my two cents. And so the next thing I want to talk about is doing little things that will help you succeed in your courses. And by this, I mean doing things that are really difficult for ADHDers that kind of seem like daily things everyone else does and has no problem with. Um, eating breakfast, eating protein, and taking your medications in the morning and especially getting protein in the morning for breakfast as part of your breakfast, keeping protein snacks with you like a protein bar. Um, If you have trouble concentrating and are like, oh man, I'm all of a sudden just way more distractible than I was before, I'm on my meds, like why is this happening? You might be hungry. So make sure you have food and water, especially some type of protein snack on you and see if that helps. I would say at least half the time for me, it does help taking breaks when you're studying and getting up to move around to just take a break and go on your phone or if you absolutely can't not go on your phone which (laughs) I have certainly um, been subject to take your phone and walk around you know just make sure you're getting some movement and another I know this is seems like another no-brainer but going to the library is really helpful it seems silly but honestly for me just having people around me is kind of like a peer pressure to not be on the internet like at the library like the library is meant for studying right so I tend to kind of mess around on the internet less when I'm at the library with other people around I am really sensitive to noise like I really can't do anything if there is noise around me regarding like studying or concentrating so I always know where the um, quiet rooms are or the quiet floors are in a library and I always go to the quiet area. And if people are being loud in the quiet area, I ask them to be quiet. So I'm that person in the library, but I definitely advocate for other people that really can't study with noise to do that as well. And I just will say it like as nicely as possible that, oh, hey, I'm studying here. I really have trouble concentrating with noise. Um, And this is the quiet floor, which you like mine being quiet or if you're gonna do group work, go to a different floor or whatever. So, and I also recommend asking earlier rather than waiting for them to be quiet because I'm usually, the longer I wait to ask somebody to be quiet, the ruder I get. So I've definitely started asking really early on if if I know that it's gonna be an issue. And lastly for this, or I guess second to last, for this episode. I also know that we are at the end of March, so I think I'll probably post this pretty soon, but we are at the end of March, and I would say start planning for finals now. I know this sounds way easier than it is, but the earlier you start to plan, the more likely you'll be successful and also the less overwhelming it will be. And so this is another thing where I would say keep the bar really low. Honestly, when I start to think about planning for finals, I get stressed out and overwhelmed, even if it's like two months ahead of time. So just keep the bar low. Just say, I'm going to write, you know, whatever way you pl- you use for studying can be different for the class you're working in, but I'm just going to write 10 note cards today or I do note cards on digital note cards. I'm gonna make 10 digital note cards or even five or just like one, whatever gets you in the door to actually start working on your finals, anything you can do. It's kind of like the handwriting notes thing. Like if it's not something you've done in the past, just start really low and remember that anything is better than nothing. And I know we try to talk ourselves out of that. Sometimes we will be like, oh, I just wasted that time. Like I don't even remember doing that. And I didn't plan well enough. That didn't even matter. It always matters. Like don't let yourself talk to yourself like that. It's not true starting these habits always matters starting this habit now and getting better a little bit better at it later makes it matter starting this habit now and remembering like one thing from what you studied and getting one more answer on the final correctly matters like these things add up so just keep that in mind And it also matters that you're taking the time to invest in yourself for this right i would also say something to make this easier is using accountability buddies or accountability buddies you can do that if you have someone or several people in the class that you trust that you will sit with and not talk to about non-classwork because whenever i have friends in the class and i try to do study groups i tend to not study so Usually someone that you're not super well acquainted with is best, and maybe even somebody that you know is doing well in the class, that would be great, but of course that's not always going to happen. Another way you can do this is online. So there are websites where you can kind of do like a co-working thing. So like Focusmate, for example, I use Focusmate all the time. I don't think I would have gotten my master's degree without Focusmate it's a really great tool so keep that in mind and also research your own tools that other adhders have talked about and used and look those up and see if they'll help okay last thing i want to talk about is not to be afraid to get outside help so i've already talked about reaching out to your professor to ask questions absolutely your professor should be there for you to ask questions through email in person whatever uh, maybe meeting through Zoom, whatever they should be available for you. If you're not, if they're not, that's an issue. Um, You should be able to email them if you can't make it to their office hours to set up a different time. Oftentimes students ask questions after class or before class, so keep that in mind that your professor should be available for you. If you have TAs in the course, they should be available to you similarly as the professor, perhaps not as much, but they don't get paid nearly as much, but um, they should still be available to you. There are also tutors for a lot of subjects in the tutoring center or like writing help in the writing center. Tutors for me in the past have been so helpful and I went to, for chemistry for example, chemistry is a hard class, I took a lot of chemistry and I went to tutoring every single week and um, I just made sure I had the same tutor, actually it was really helpful, I had the same tutor every time I got to know them and um, it was just really great to have that help. So the basic message for all of this is that there are things that we need to be proactive about as ADHDers especially, because the system, like I mentioned, is not made for people with our types of brains. And so it stinks that we have to do this, but it is something that helps a lot to even the playing field and getting accommodations is a big one, but also there aren't accommodations for these things, extra things that we need to do when we need to do well. So just keep that in mind that Advocating for yourself to get these ex- the extra help from professors, TAs, tutors, recording your your lectures, taking notes, getting accountability buddies, starting to prepare for the final early finals, and even midterms. I know they're over by now, but preparing for those things as early as possible, going somewhere where you have that extra accountability, like at the library or with an accountability buddy, and just finding other ways that work for you. like if these things that I mentioned aren't something that will work for you, what is? you know don't just try to do the same thing over and over that you've been doing that doesn't work where you constantly get distracted or don't understand your notes or whatever and you're not getting extra help. I know it's easy to let things slip by until the very end, but the um, even the very end like so you can even ask for help even if it's like the, the night before or whatever, emailing your professor, or your ta or whatever just to see if they respond like i've i've been a ta and i'm always up at like midnight so if someone emails me i will very likely respond because i'm always checking my email like right before bed so just keeping that in mind like you don't know when someone will respond to you you don't know how they'll respond to you like if you ask if you can record lectures so sometimes you just have to ask and Have to reach out, and I think that's a big barrier for a lot of us with ADHD because we're already feeling so much shame for not being able to do things, quote unquote, as normal people like the neurotypicals do. But this is the system that was built for them, it wasn't built for us, so we don't have to feel shame about that because we can't control the way that our brain works, and we're just trying our best. To make the system that was built for someone else's brain work for us. And if that means needing to get extra help or perhaps being um, a little bit of a squeaky wheel in the system that isn't made for us, like that's totally logical and reasonable and is something that will help us succeed as much as neurotypicals, which we have every right to do. Okay, that is all that I'm going to say for this episode. Thank you for joining me and. Hopefully I will come out with another episode very soon. I'm planning on trying to do this a lot more consistently, but I do plan on showing up imperfectly, which is also okay. So if I don't come out with an episode every two weeks, like I hope to, um, I just hope to maybe come out with it the next week. Anyway, I encourage everyone to show up imperfectly and to advocate for themselves and to succeed in the system that we're forced to be in with the brain that we have, because we have every right to do that. Thank you to Avocado Junkie for the intro and outro music that I'm using for this podcast. And thank you all so much.